Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, and welcome back to Out of Line. I'm Annie Friday, and today I'm joined by Carol Cole. Hi, Carol. Hello again. Carol has been a guest on the Out of Line podcast before, but not in a while. Welcome back. Carol, do you want to reintroduce yourself to everybody? Uh, uh, My name is Carol Cole. Um, I am currently a stay-at-home mom. I'm homeschooling my two girls, ages 12 and 8 which still seems weird when I say it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was a pre-K teacher. I'm a certified teacher in Pennsylvania. And then I decided that that wasn't the life that I wanted for me or my kids. So mm-hmm. here we are. Here you are. And now we're just about in the back to school season as now school, August yes. has been renamed (laughs) yeah I mean I don't know I don't ever remember going back this early no and this won't come out till September so you know this will be like um well it basically is September but um yeah yeah how did that happen it does feel I was um our schools here in Michigan used to start after Labor Day by state law and um about seven years ago was about the time I moved here they they changed that and They've crept forward every year. Um, this year, we have a birthday in my family on August 15th. And so usually we stay out late with neighbors, eating cake. And, you know, in Michigan, it stays light so late that um, by August, it, it's getting dark early enough, at least to like stay out right. and like really enjoy some nighttime games. And right, right, right. Um, this was the first year that some of the schools started on August 16th. So about half the neighbors had to go in like early and we were all kind of like, wah, wah. Like how does their back to school ruin our fun? I I mean, it's around here. Like uh, most of the schools are already back Hmm. and then some go back next week. But then we're talking today's August 31st for for our listeners sake. The end of August. But I have friends that live in the South and their kids have been back. Yeah. And I just, and I just, I really don't understand it. I said, especially now, I was like, you guys, it used to be like, oh, well, in case there's snow days, but there are no more snow days here, I know, at least because they make every snow day an online day. All of the kids are just (laughs) on, exactly, are just online. So I was like, why is it? I thought that was just an urban legend. I'd heard that, but I was hoping it wasn't true. They are really, they do that. And I, well, and I know in the South, I used to live and teach in New Orleans and I know schools start early there because it's so dang hot and it's better to have kids in schools that are all air conditioned buildings. Um, And then they're out when it's, you know, earlier in in the summer when it's before it gets too hot again, so they can enjoy a little bit of time. I get that if it's like a real reason, I don't really get why they're doing it here. Um, I was, yeah, we, we already like the first week that public schools were open, they closed for a heat day because the buildings aren't air conditioned. <laughs> so like, yeah. That we have that problem too. Like a lot of them are not. <laughs> right. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I remember it started this early last year too. And then they went into like mid June. Oh, do they have more but days? Like, and I was like, someone better count their days because you guys like <laughs> sure, have no somebody's snow days. Their day. <laughs> but I was like, I don't, I don't understand it, but it's, you know, I mean, and they go like, to the minute. Sometimes these schools are counting minutes. Yes, yes. 
I just, mm. I don't know. It's not really our problem anymore, but then it, it kind of is. Yeah. So talk about that. Cause I, we, right before I hit record, you said like, this is what's been on your mind. Like how, as a person who doesn't even attend school, how is the back to school season on your mind? Like, how does it affect you? Yeah. Well, since um, we're unschoolers, so we're doing stuff all year round. There really right. is no stop. However, I think probably like the first year into it, I realized that I was kind of in need of a, like a shift. Yeah. Like we're pretty relaxed the way it is, but like during the quote unquote school year, my kids are expected to be working on something during the day. Okay. You know, um, in our situation, screens don't work great for us. So if they're on a screen, it has to be like approved ahead uh-huh. of time. They get their free time um, during the weekends, but it was affecting their mental health. So we, we stopped during the week. But we follow like more of a schedule during our quote unquote school year. And now we get into our rhythm of the school year. And and then during the summer, it's much more lax. I'm not looking for them to be working on something. They can be lounging if they want or whatever. Uh But this is like the the start of the year. We we still do first day of school. And Uh we started that mainly just so because I didn't want them to feel left out as all of their friends have all had my first day of school outfit and you know they have their pictures taken and whatever the case may be um so we do we kick off the year um it's actually we end up leaving for the beach that day now every year yes i love <laughs> it it's like usually them on the porch we take their pictures with their luggage going to the beach <laughs> and that's their their first day of school um and i also do first day of school baskets I guess it would be kind of like an Easter basket that has school supplies in it. So like new uh-huh. notebooks, new pens, like refilling things that need to be refilled. I'll put some things that they've showed interest in or like what they said they would like to like my, my younger daughter said she wanted to learn sign language this year. So I have like a sign language book to put in her basket. Ooh, American sign language. Yes. Fun. So it's just kind of that shift into being maybe more productive, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm always thinking about, um, you know, what's coming up and what are they going to want to do and how do I support that? And how do I give them a jumping off point without shoving them into something that they didn't really weren't really interested in? So it just it's when I start to get into that flow as well of being ready to support wherever their interests take them. Yeah. Um, I love that. Uh, I, I It's so interesting because the whole idea of like, I remember taking back to school pictures as a kid. I definitely don't remember doing it every year. It was like, maybe if the camera was ready and had film in it, I don't know, like, or maybe if like my sister had a good hair day and she suggested it, I don't really know where, where the impetus came from, but it is social media has made it be almost like, if you don't post your back to school picture, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? Where where are you spending your time? And the funny thing is I don't post it anywhere. Right. I post it nowhere. It's just for us. It's just so they feel like it's, you know, it's there in focus, you know, and they each get like a personalized sign and it's, you know, it's like, it's really just for them. So. Well, and you'll have those memories and that like that fits your family culture that fits your family culture I would take those pictures and never do anything with them and never know where they were and everyone in my family would be like what, why did you do that um, but I also like when I see those pictures online I do think about like the pressure it creates for people who do things differently or even for people who school is not a happy place for and right. um and I think also about the kids who are 
forced to take those pictures when (laughs) school is not a happy place for them and their parents like smile um, and how painful that could feel. Yeah. And it was, it was very interesting because um, I think I had started doing it mostly like for them. So they wouldn't feel left out and you don't have to send it to the, like, it was mainly, I will say for the grandparents. Yeah. 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 Like so much we do. We're we're taking this seriously, you know, cause they're, (laughs) um, I have. Cause grandparents um, generally are very scared off by the unschooling term, the un of unschooling. Surprisingly, um, no one is combative about it. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) Um, I think my, I think it makes my in-laws nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they don't say anything like now and again you'll get like the like a, a comment will make come through and there's like an undercurrent of there but I just kind of like you know they're scared that's fine um funnily enough the person who embraced it the most is my mother who was a public mm-hmm. school teacher for 40 years mm-hmm. and she's like oh absolutely I'm yeah. like this is how we do it she's like oh absolutely like she doesn't blink and I think she misses classroom stuff so every now and again you know, she'll want to come over, particularly my younger one, and do something. Yeah. And play school they a little play, bit. Yeah. They'll like entertain her because it's just like a novelty. You know, uh-huh. mama comes over and that hasn't happened in a while though, but she's great at like if she finds out what they're into, like what they like to read, like she's always bringing books and, and oh, any God. kind of stuff she could find. So, but I think it's funny that the, that it's the professional, like, seasoned teacher is the one that's like oh absolutely you know on school mm. and everybody else is like I don't know <laughs> do you know what motivates that for her was it her like did she notice that schools were getting more intense was it that she noticed kids weren't being um, individually cared for in the way that maybe once happened in schools or maybe it never happened I don't know yeah I think when it was more like community schools it was done a little better I wouldn't mm-hmm. say great um, and I think she's always known that, but she was in it, you know, to help the kids who weren't going to get any, anything else anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially over the years, I mean, she's seen how many educational fads come and go, but she <laughs> has always been very big. I mean, I grew up watching her just do hours of professional development all the time. Like she was always reading about something. She was always paying for her own conferences to go places to learn the best way to do things. And I think she just understands. But she she understands like how kids learn. Like she was a very hands-on mom. She knows that a lot of the stuff that make me me, that my gifts were not something that were grown in school. They were grown Mm -hmm. outside of school. You know, and she had a big part of that. So I think she sometimes gets pulled back and forth a little bit. She still doesn't want to admit maybe all of the flaws but it's like coming up and she saw like even a lot of like the new teachers that were coming up how they were prepared for the profession and then like admin wise what they were expected to do regulation wise what they were expected to do you know she wasn't blind to it she understood so I think when she sees what we're doing and she visits with my girls all the time like she can see that you know they're growing they're learning and I'm giving them the time to do that is she knows it's not going to ruin them. So. Yeah. Ruin them. Right. Like, yeah. like kids are like, they're going to spoil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, yeah, I, um, I think it's really interesting what you said about the educational fads coming and going because um, 
yeah, like you're in it long enough and you're like, okay, what's the BS I'm supposed to buy into today? You know, or like you have like the um, talk about back to school for teachers. Like it usually starts with some kind of painful professional development where it's like a new curriculum is being introduced or a new behavior management tool is being introduced. And, you know, for nothing. It's irrelevant, you know. <laughs> or it's totally irrelevant. And you're like, why are we here? Um, but yeah, like and I think there's so many things right now shifting like back again, right? Like so like reading instruction, right? That's a, a big buzz topic right now because we we believed one lady. <laughs> like yeah. she had all the answers, and the answer was let the kids guess the words, and everybody bought into that because she was charismatic. I don't know. Like I'm really confused by that whole thing. And like PBIS, ugh, I hate using that term even. Um, like behavior management systems that like have been so trendy for 20 years, and now people are like, Oh, guess oh, what? Oh, Giving oh, kids oh. stickers isn't the answer. Having a pizza party yeah. isn't the answer. And then when you wonder why they become adults and adults want some kind of trinket for everything that they do, you know, right? It's like, All oh. their rewards-based systems and yeah. Um, like, oh wow, that backfired. Yeah, I think the the reading thing is funny because I've actually I can remember as a kid watching that, and my mom actually liked that program. She was still is an advocate of whole language. She's like. But she saw it and she was like, why did no one look at that and see that that was part of the puzzle? She was part like, of the puzzle. Right? She was like, what idiot thought like, you know, just not nice, but she was like, <laughs> thought that was like the whole thing. Right. And well, and like, I think she's like, not every kid's going to need the same thing. You just have to know what kid needs what. Exactly. That's, that's the deal. And like, I think there was a time when teachers at least were trusted to like, know how to meet the needs of their classrooms their individual students and it got to a point when and I don't know is this because it's a government funded program and we have lawmakers and policymakers weighing in instead of just educators but like we try to streamline it to the point where it's like there's no individualization anymore and it's like this works for everyone so just use this and use it in the same way regardless of who you're talking to or teaching to or working with um and that obviously doesn't work. Like, yeah. you know, here we had a um, a few years ago, a law came up called the read by grade three law. And if you weren't reading at grade level by grade three, you were retained in second grade, right? Like yeah. it didn't stick for obvious it's reasons, like, hopefully. What? Like, but at the same time, we were in a school that was considered a language center, which was the landing spot in our district for kids entering um who weren't at grade level in reading and writing in English, right? Like, so a lot of kids who had recently immigrated, who had recently, um, a lot of refugee families live here. Um, So families who maybe don't speak English are coming and and now you're like, and if you're not here by this age, like you're just going to be held back. And, and then they had this thing that it was like, but all principals can decide if you go through with it or not. And it was like, what? is this <laughs> like, yeah, it like just what? made zero sense and like instead of actually giving the families the support they need you're not telling us that you're going to help them figure out where their local library branches and how to get a library card you're not talking to them about how to use their own home language in rich ways and right. how, how to play with language and how to be excited about reading and how to share your love of, of reading with kids. You know, there was just so much missing from the conversation. And it was like, 
and you got to slap it across all the levels, all the schools, all the places, because otherwise it wouldn't be equitable. I'm like, right. oh, so this is equity? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is not, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. You know? <laughs> it kind of, it's, and really when you zoom out, because everyone's like, well, everyone just assumes, and you know, I did as a parent, and then in my beginnings of becoming a teacher, everyone just assumes that, well, they made these the benchmarks because it's an indicator of success later in life. When when you get into it, no, there's actually no, like not at right. all. And when you zoom out, it's like, well, why are they pushing for it? It's like they they honestly want to show off to other countries. That's what it comes to. They want as good or actually better scores than any other country. They're com- but the countries they're trying to compete with don't do anything like we do it. Mm. You know what I mean? That the, the countries they're yeah. competing with don't start anything until the age of seven. Right. But you think starting it at three is going to, and we've been the bottom of the barrel pretty much for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know and what they're thinking. It, well, and it's, I don't either. And I don't know why we're all, like going along with it without pushing back, without saying, like, I, I think we need, you know, teachers feel st- so stuck between a rock and a hard place because their job's on the line and their job, unfortunately, in our country probably brings their health benefits to their family and probably brings, you know, blah, 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 blah. But we need to start saying like, this doesn't work. This isn't okay. And yeah, like people want to talk about Finland being number one schools. First of all, Finland's a tiny country and it has a much different government system. And they play until like it it would be illegal to have kindergarten like we have kindergarten oh and now we're talking about universal pre-k and I know it already exists in some places and I'm not anti and I really want to make that clear I it just it makes me clench it makes me nervous because yes is it just an excuse to push down academics further and ideally no and I think there are programs like Head Start and I'm not current with Head Start but when I worked at Head Start years ago there was a lot of attention to play and they really did value. They realized that play was where the learning actually did occur at that age. Um, So I think there are programs along the way that have recognized play, but there's also this like sneaky learning element to a lot of those preschool programs. That's like, well, they can play and we'll secretly assess them on the side to make sure that they're hitting their benchmarks or. And more often than not, I see people saying, Oh, well they can play. And what they mean is I, I organize this thing that I think is going to be really fun and they can do that. And that's yeah. what they mean by play. They mean yeah. that well, we're not making them write book reports. Like no one thinks that you're doing that, but mm-hmm. like, don't tell me that every center with that worksheet, but you get a fun pencil to do it with. That's not play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody having to do the same craft at the same time is not play. Mm-hmm. That's you doing a craft. Mm-hmm. And I do think that essentially is, you know, I think it's inevitable with the universal pre-K. I think that is what it's going to become. And I think Head Start is a pretty good example of that because all of the 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 amazing outcomes that came when they started Head Start, like they just saw such amazing outcomes. But it wasn't because of, um, it wasn't because of, um, you know, they were doing all these academics. They just focused on care. It was just that the kids had a safe place with people mm-hmm. who loved them. And, you know, it was relatively, you know, they knew what was going to happen. They knew the rhythm of the day and they got to play. And it was, that's all it was centered on the beginning. 
mm-hmm. and they had these great outcomes like the kids are doing so much better like it was great and then as as we kind of went it became like I've seen a lot most head starts it is more academic now mm-hmm. but it's fun academics and I think that's they I, I think a lot of the adults truly do believe they're doing the best thing, but, but we made it fun. It's a playful curriculum and it's a right. playful curriculum that we've scripted word for word. Yes. <laughs> and, and they're not, they're not getting those outcomes. And anymore, it has creative is, in the title. So yeah, I mean, it must but be it, creative. Look, it's fun and great. It, it says hands-on right there. <laughs> it's like, oh my uh, gosh. Okay. I feel like what I get with you, we, we digress always into these like, <laughs> like, and it's awesome. And I love that, but I, the the back to school pictures being for the grandparents yes. is how we started on this. And it's yes. so true. Like there are these like expectations in yes. society as with the back to school season. And um I think um it seems like Pennsylvania is fairly similar to Michigan in the way that like there are a lot it, it's more common to homeschool and it's not just for it, it probably started because of religious reasons mostly and, yeah. and was protected along the way because of that. I think more and more there are families that do it for non-religious reasons. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, it is normalized ish in where I live in Michigan. Um, enough to the point where like my, we were at urgent care getting stitches earlier this week and we oh. were being asked questions like, what grade are you in? And my kids kind of just like go along with those questions because yeah, they were in school just too. a few years ago. So they can kind of count the grades that they they're like, they're like, what grade am I in? We don't do <laughs> grades though. And, and, and like, luckily like the receptionist caught on and was like, do you homeschool? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah. You know, we unschool. It's a version of homeschooling, but um, it, it's just interesting to think about like how, um, even the attorney general of our state this week put up a like happy back to school for all the kids in our state. And I was like, this is so bizarre because school is not a happy place for all kids. And it's not a, and it's not a required place for all kids in our state. And, and she sent it like two weeks after the schools I knew here started. And so it just felt like, (laughs) why are you commenting on this as the attorney general? And like, I don't know. It just feels so narrow and so um, unfair to the kids who are are outside of that very narrow scope of what school and learning and growing in your learning can look like in life. Yeah. And I think, and I just think it's funny because when um, people will say like, well, aren't you worried that they're going to miss out? (laughs) And when I ask like, um, miss out on what? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, first day of school. I'm like, so you want me to send my kids to school all the time so they could have that first day experience? Mm -hmm. Because everybody remembers, like, you were like nervous. And, but I think people tend to forget that no, not everybody has that. Like, my husband was telling me how he would get physically ill at the end of summer thinking about back to school because it was Mm -hmm. that miserable for him. I always loved the first week. And then I was like, oh, I got caught in this trap again. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. like it's no, the novelty has worn off and it's no longer fun. One of my girls was telling me about, um, there's like a lot of like videos, I guess like the short videos going around now of the kids who are like, first day of school was a lot of fun. But now I remember I hate it here and I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. I love that. I love that. We. I was just talking to somebody else about how, um, social media has changed so much. Right. But like 
the back to school videos that parents are posting about like, ugh, and like, it's okay to feel that way. Like it, parenting yeah. is hard and parenting in our community, the way our society is set up is hard. We don't have a lot of support, especially in the U S I'm talking about, um, for families with young children. And so I get it. If you have that feeling of like, wow, summer was really hard, really structureless. I'm ready to have some like return to structure in my life, but to put it out there in a public way and to like normalize that feeling, assuming it's a universal feeling yeah. is kind of yucky. Right. Yeah. And like your kids yeah. are also probably on social media looking at this and like, what does that leave them feeling like? And yeah. Um, and I, I always think those are interesting because it is hard I mean we had a hard summer but it was an awesome summer like we Mm -hmm. just were traveling a lot but am I exhausted yes Mm -hmm. am I ready to get back into like to our fall rhythm as I like to call it yes and I think the kids pretty much are too you know I don't know if they really noticed that much (laughs) to be honest because we're just always doing something just in the summer we tend to do it at the beach um (laughs) you know just different location you know but it's I always wonder, like, why do you think being with your kids is so hard? Because I can remember being there. And I think it was just like the expectations of like, maybe you have you only have them for the summer. So you have to jam as much as you can into that summertime. And yes, that's Mm -hmm. exhausting. And Mm -hmm. and you're not to mention that your kids are trying to like unravel themselves from the school year. And that takes time. And it very often looks very messy. But like I explained to somebody, I was like, what if your kids didn't need to, when summer rolled around, they didn't mm-hmm. need to unravel. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you didn't need to pack in everything you wanted to do into like two months at this point, mm-hmm. because they've cut it so short. Like you, you would find that you aren't so in a rush to have right. them They're out the door. The like you don't feel that need of, yeah. Like I, you don't feel like, oh my gosh, I need to breathe. Not that I never feel like that because I most certainly do, <laughs> but <laughs> I am also very aware that that's a me problem not a them problem Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like and I think a lot of that and like for me it it comes from school like all of these expectations that I think I have to do things on a certain timeline in a certain way and it has to be done perfectly like that is something I've realized I didn't get from my parents I got that from school yeah so once I kind of de-schooled my parent view too you'll find that back to school can still be fun but you know it it doesn't it it doesn't bring that needed relief of sending your kids away. Yeah. And it doesn't create that sense of pressure for them or, or for the, right. you know, educators. I know I feel so differently about it. I mean, I know my life is going to shift significantly when we go back to our group learning space next week, but I also know myself and I know because we're unschooling in community, it's still like, it's our time and we get to choose what we do with it. And it doesn't mean that we're going to be locked inside all day. It doesn't mean we're only going to have three 15 minute breaks and get some green space and run around. Like we get to choose if we, if our first day of school right now, they're predicting a hundred degree high, which I don't think will actually happen, but, um, I'm like, sweet, let's bring the water balloons. And, um, you know, like I know that we get to control what we do with that and, or let's stay in the basement and find a good movie to watch. Like we we can decide that. And I think you're right when, when you take the pressure off of summer, um, and we've talked to, and I think, um, in the episode with Bria Bloom a few weeks back, we talked about like one day, maybe there won't be summer and it won't feel like that, but, um, it already feels so much less than that like 
because you're right, two or three months for students, teachers, whoever's involved, it's really barely enough time to decompress from right. the whole year. And so if you don't, if you take that away, you don't need that. And it's not, we were really busy this summer too, in my house and, but we're going to yeah stay busy in a different way in fall. And it wasn't busy as in like, we got to cram it in a little bit to an extent of like the people around us are in school and the people we're visiting are in school. So it has to fit in this window, but yeah. Even just and having these last two weeks. only do in certain kinds of weather. And... Right. Totally. There's some pressure to any season. I mean, I feel that way right. in winter when it's the end of winter and I'm like, oh, I haven't skied enough. And, you know, there are people out there like, oh, I hate winter yeah. <laughs> more than the opposite. But we love winter in my house. And there's always this time of winter where I'm like, shoot, winter's coming to an end. But that's seasonal. It's not like I don't have the pressure then of like, and spring is coming. Like <laughs> spring isn't something right. I fear. Um and it's getting to the point too, where fall, like, and, and nobody would say I'm afraid of fall, but they, they are afraid of back to school or they feel pressure right. around that. So. Yeah. Like yeah. I know I mentioned my husband before, but like he just said last year, um, last year was the first year he could remember of his life that he didn't still feel sick once fall hit. Aww. Like, and he has been out of school for how long, but he said still every fall, it would be like almost like clockwork depression for him. And then, and then once our kids, cause they did go to school for a little while, like it would, it would make them sad. Yeah. And How many like years a, have your kids been out of school? Uh, this will be our third year. Okay. So it so took not them long. like, so like the, three years to de- two years yeah. to de-school that part of him. Like, like the first fall, like he was still like, he was happy that they weren't going anymore. He's the one that wanted homeschool from the beginning. Um, cause he just had such a terrible experience, mm-hmm. but I mean, he was happy they weren't going, but he couldn't shake the feeling. And then I remember last fall, he's like, oh, it's nice to just be. And then he was texting me the other day. He's like, I see kids at the bus stop and it's so sad. <laughs> so it's like, sad. they all look miserable. Oh my gosh. Like, that we, Our neighbors, I said, started August 16th, some of them. And um, one of them came back and I was like, I was cool. And he was like, oh, we talked about was rules. We talked about rules. We talked about rules in this class. We talked about rules in this class. And they're the same rules. Then we had an all school assembly and we talked about rules. <laughs> and I was like, right. Because oh, like, that's going to be what saves them the whole school year. But like, and I understand. on August 16th, like, ugh, that's the last thing you would be talking about in the middle of August. When it's beautiful know. outside. And I think it's interesting. And a lot of times this time of year, I really do feel for the kids of teachers hmm. because I know like once you hit August my mother became a slightly different person yeah because she's already in into school mode thinking about how to get ready thinking about all of that like she's got anxiety around it because mm-hmm. she's got to deal with administrators and and you know some maybe parents or or whatever it was so I feel like teachers kids like I hate to say it but I think we get cheated even more of summer because Mm -hmm. like she would once August hit like I could see her kind of checking out from us yeah because she's got to kind of check back in there I mean she did the best she could doing back as did I like and I knew I did that to my kids too like when I had a classroom it was you know come August I'm trying to get all my stuff together and the, the last beautiful days of freedom that they had not that they have to be with me all the time and none of us want that, but <laughs> like they essentially didn't have me that month either because I'm already, you know, keyed into getting back ready for back to school. And it's, yeah. So yeah. Candace and I have talked is. about that. This is our fourth year of group learning 
And this is the first year that we've really been able to, well, first of all, we didn't have to like move or do something major like that, but August was relaxing. And even when we started to get those moments of panic, like we were like, wait, we don't have to do anything. And, and part of our unschooling community is that we're, we're not, the adults in the space aren't the people who decide what happens, right? Like, so we've been talking about maybe some layout changes or decoration changes. And we're like, we can't make those decisions till everyone's back. Cause that's not our decision to make. And so right. like, it's so liberating every time, like I have that moment of panic and then I'm like, there's nothing to do. <laughs> like just yeah. get to walk away. There's nothing to do right now. I just have to relax and we'll, we'll be together next week. Like it, it's really a different way of being able to stay present. Yeah. I know we have, um, I host a small group on Mondays for littles and their siblings. So it really ends up being mixed age anyway. Um, so like, and I've been like, I want to do, make some changes in the house. Um, I have like a card catalog that I'm refinishing so I could store mm-hmm. loose parts in it and like uh-huh. Legos in it. So like, there's lots of stuff that I want to get done, but I, I found myself in the same thing. Like, okay, well, should I move this here or should I set this up here? And, um, shout out to Lisa Murphy. Cause she's always in my head when I get into this spiral of Love where that. should I move the stuff? Because mm-hmm. she's always like, they'll let you know where it needs to be. Just let mm-hmm. the kids in and they'll let you know where it needs to be. Wherever mm-hmm. you keep finding it is probably <laughs> where it should be, you know? So I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't have to figure everything out. It's not up to me. Like, but I'm still getting that mindset of I want to do the best for them. Mm-hmm. But I, some, you sometimes lose track of most of the time what's best for them is just giving them the control of it. And then seeing how you can support, like, I don't need to front load it all on my end. I can, mm-hmm. I really can just wait and they'll let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, I think that's been the hardest part each time we've had to set up. We're like, we're going to put this here, but it's not going to stay here. Like, don't overthink it. Like just move on because yeah, they'll let us know. Like, we'll, we'll see when the kids get here because things are going to change. And it happens every year with every group of kids that changes. And um, yeah. Yeah. And I think you have like certain kids and you're like, Oh, well this kid would really like it if this was here, you know, but first of all that kid might be a different kid when they Mm -hmm. walk through the door you know what I mean Mm -hmm. kids grow and change and like sometimes that gets hard for me like I'm so used to I think anticipating what the needs are yeah but it's not it's really not possible to do all the time like you can do your best but until you get rolling and see where they're at now there's like even with my own kids like my husband's kind of looking at me like you're overthinking this because like you know when I want to get like the resources like the jumping off points like Mm -hmm. just to get them excited but then I'm thinking how much of the stuff that I got them last year did they actually touch (laughs) like some stuff that great box of stem kits in the closet still oh (laughs) like wait well and like now they're coming back they're like oh hey whatever happened to that oh it's there. We have it. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, when you wanted them to be interested in it, they're like, Nye-nye. right. It did not. No, it did not. <laughs> That'd be their idea. But yeah, uh. it's like, it's nice to slow down and like back to school. Like, and I was talking to another homeschool mom and we were actually laughing. So we're like, thank goodness it's our back to school time because things will slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so, I, I will say, and I, I've, you know, seen those memes and stuff from homeschool moms for years, but I really feel it now. And I'm like, my kids feel it. Like, I'm like, go take a walk in the neighborhood because the neighborhood's so quiet. Like, go to the park. Like, nobody else is there. Let's, it's so lovely. And it's just such a nice, I mean, and it would be nice too if it it were like that all year and people just 
didn't feel like they had to squeeze it into a few months and we could all enjoy the parks all year and whatever. It wouldn't feel so crazy, but. Yeah, and then people could live on their own schedules. Imagine that. Right. Oh my gosh. What? Vacation in February, if you want. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't have to be President's Day weekend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thank you for joining, Carol. This is an awkward time of year for a lot of us that like school yeah. isn't our thing or school isn't um, a happy place. And so it was an important topic that we wanted to just kind of touch on because um, it brings up a lot of emotions in me individually and in my kids yeah. and in the world. And it kind of takes over, especially takes over social media for like a couple of weeks in a row. There's just nothing but back to school but. memes and pictures and videos yeah. and blah, blah, blahs. So a picture does not a school year make. So everybody <laughs> just relax. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. A great adage to end on. Thank you for joining Carol. And <laughs> Thank um, you for having I me. like made a whole list of all the other topics we're going to come back and talk about. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. This was another episode of out of line. Come back again next week. Bye. It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.